I got a black eye through the whole thing. <laughs> and I was like walking around like, yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, yeah, you did that, you did that. You know, like, you be her ass. And, you so know. did everyone not like this this same girl? Was no, it, they she were was just... popular. Okay. She was popular, but after that, everyone's like, man, you got your yeah. ass beat. You know, that type of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she lost she was, it all that she day. She was salty <laughs> after that. <laughs> so then um, I ended up getting expelled. Oh, that's oh. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Sam Woods, and I am excited to bring you one of my favorite organizations today, Exfabula. If you're not familiar, Exfabula is a storytelling organization that has been connecting Milwaukee through real stories for over 10 years now, through story slams, workshops, and just a general presence in the community. If you are unfamiliar with Exfabula, now is a great time to find out who they are because this Friday, January 24th, they have a big story slam, which they'll talk all about at Turner Hall. Now, the theme of that story slam is middle school. So after we explain a little bit what X Fabula is in this interview, myself and the X Fabula team will share stories from middle school experience, which you know is going to be entertaining. So make sure to stick around for that. Really quickly though, if you like what we're doing, you can support us by rating and subscribing from wherever you get your podcasts, or you can financially support us on Patreon at the $4.14 level. For $4.14 a month, you keep us on the air at 104.1 Riverwest Radio and help us invest in better equipment. None of us are personally paid for this podcast, but your support makes it easier for us to continue making Bridge City more impactful in Milwaukee. And without further ado, I'll let the Exfabula team take it away. My name is Nicola Costa, and I am the marketing communications person with Exfabula. My name is Aaliyah McCadden. I am the event producer with Exfabula. I'm Megan McGee. I am the executive director and one of the co-founders of Exfabula. Exfabula's mission is to connect Milwaukee through real stories. And we put on workshops and story slams and community collaborations that allow community members to tell personal stories and to listen to stories from other people in the community. Very cool. And so when you say put on like workshops, what all goes into that, like connecting Milwaukee through real stories? Yeah. So, you know, with stories, there are some people that feel very confident sharing stories. And then there are a lot of people that for many different reasons, uh, aren't sure if they have a story, don't know how to structure it, or have one of two problems, either they don't know how to start or they don't know how to stop. Mm -hmm. And so the storytelling workshops help people to become more effective storytellers, help them to gain confidence, so in a workshop, we're, we're going through exercises to brainstorm stories, to think about story structure, uh, to practice some techniques that allow people to tell stories without reading, but more like having a conversation with the audience. Mm -hmm. And the great thing is, at the end of a workshop, people are kind of going, oh, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, yeah, yeah, see, we told you. <laughs> so once people have that kind of incremental success, then they're in a position to maybe try telling a story, whether it's to a small group of people or on stage or even just telling someone in their life something that they've never really talked about before. Yeah. And, and why is that important? Well, when we take risks and we're vulnerable, we, we learn about each other. We maybe gain a deeper understanding of like all the people's all the people in our community and their mm -hmm. strengths, we gain empathy. And actually, just for a real concrete example, I have learned so much from listening to people's stories from the project we've done recently with the deaf community. Mm -hmm. I've learned like, oh, 
there's certain terminology that I should use and certain that I shouldn't. There are things that I can do to be more welcoming to people from the deaf community. And just as, just as I'm learning that and being able to better connect with people, there are people out there where I've put stories out there. I've told a story of having a miscarriage and I had people mm -hmm. come and say that was so helpful to hear it. You know, honestly, for me, it was a super healing experience to put yeah. it out there. And so, you know, it doesn't feel like education. It mm -hmm. doesn't always feel like advocacy. A lot of times it feels like entertainment, but yeah. beneath it all, we're like learning and healing and remaking our world into a better one. Yeah. And that's one thing that like, I know X Fabula insiders know pretty well, yeah. um, but X Fabula outsiders might see it more as just like, oh, this is just like open mic night, but with, you know, stories instead of story emphasis instead of like poetry emphasis. Yeah. Um, but it really like the stories are kind of like a means to an end and that end yes. is like community building right yeah and i think actually the fact that a lot of people perceive it as just entertainment is a great sneaky thing <laughs> mm -hmm. um get because, you in the door yeah totally like i don't know like there are presentations in the community where you might be like okay i'll show up at this lecture not as exciting mm -hmm. but if you're going to something you think it's going to be entertaining and then at the same time you have all this healing and learning going on that's uh that's sneaky you can get people in the door that way yeah leave with a, a new friend uh exactly Perfect. and it's different from poetry in a way that it removes the artistic context from mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. it doesn't put you in a box where you feel like you have to be really really good at this thing yeah. you can easily pull a story out that you've been telling for the last 12 years or the one from this morning mm -hmm. and it makes all the difference just having your perspective being in the room goes a long way opposed sure. to having to craft this beautiful piece and yeah. really taking your time and being sensitive about it and being so connected to it and it's about this thing in my life and I need it and mm -hmm. now there's just this breath this relief of yeah I said a thing and somebody heard me and that felt good yeah I mean, for those listening who don't know I used to work at X Fabula and like one thing that comes up when you're explaining you're like trying to get people to tell stories get on stage to tell stories is that they think it has to be like this perfect like rehearsed thing and like a TED performance talk, yeah really? TED talk. <laughs> it, um, and it doesn't <laughs> and it doesn't and it's 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 weird because like you were saying like this is so important because we're building empathy and it's a it's a very real community building thing but then also don't mm -hmm. think about it too much just tell your story yeah um, it's raw and flawed just like human beings mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. so Starting starting with Megan, and then we'll go down the line. What is a story slam? Mm -hmm. And then if I'm just a member of the public walking into a story slam, what should I expect? So a story slam is an event where people are getting up on stage and sharing a true personal story. Mm -hmm. It could be that the people were selected in advance if it's a curated event, like our upcoming uh, spectacular at Turner Hall. Mm -hmm. Or it could be an event where anybody can put their name in the hat. Now, don't worry. There's no pressure. If you come to an event, you're not obligated to do anything. You can just come and listen. Mm -hmm. But if you feel compelled to do so, you can, you know, go throw your name in the hat for a chance to get up on stage. Um, we do have a timekeeper because uh, we want to make sure that we're able to get lots of stories up there. Yeah. So using a timekeeper is, is one way of making sure we share the time. So the monthly slams, most of those are five minute five minute stories. Um, but if so, let's say you're a general person from the general public just coming to check it out. Well, you can expect that you're going to hear lots of different emotions. Mm -hmm. You can expect mm -hmm. that you're going to hear lots of different stories on a theme. Mm -hmm. um, and and probably you'll be surprised by some of the stories because when there's a theme, people can interpret it in very creative ways. Yeah. 
Um, like what's an example of that? Like a theme being interpreted in multiple. Oh, sure. Um, well, I think one of the ones that went in the most directions ever was green. We had the oh, theme wow. of green. Okay. And, you know, so you ended up with stories about envy mm-hmm. or environmentalism mm-hmm. or money. Like, yeah. that's a very abstract yeah. one. But even a even the theme of middle school, some people will probably assume that all the stories are about being in middle school. Mm-hmm. But that could also be being a parent of a middle schooler oh. or being a teacher of middle right. school or I, like any of the other roles. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some other middle school thing like... I don't know. Doctors go through many years and maybe there's a middle portion of yeah. the res- residency. So we'll see. Okay. Oh, uh, did, she, did she cover it? Or? Yeah. She pretty much yeah. summed it up. Okay. So, <laughs> I've been around a while. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> she would know. Um, okay. Then this question is just for Nicole and Aaliyah then. Um, so Megan mentioned the spectacular and how that's like slightly different from... Um, like a regular season story slam, or I shouldn't say a regular season story slam, but like the monthly story slam. Um, how is the spectacular different? Um, like, where is it? When is it? What are all the details about this spectacular? And why is it, you know, so spectacular? Yeah, I can talk about why it's different. Okay. Um, the spectacular this year in particular is focusing on tellers who have been activating their skills and cultivating their work through our workshop specifically. Okay. We have done a very difficult task of trying to figure out what communities may want service, mm-hmm. who might not be having their voices heard, who might have a story to tell that we might not otherwise hear. Yeah. So we came up with a project um, called Brave Space, mm-hmm. and it is servicing three um, different communities in particular right now. One of these communities, or excuse me, we're trying to get um, storytellers from each of these communities to come out and tell a story. And we have been successful in finding at least two people um, to represent these communities and tell their story from their middle school perspective, whatever that story Mm -hmm. might be. Typically at a regular monthly story slam, our tellers would be putting their names in the hat, like Megan mentioned, and their stories could come from anywhere. But at the Spectacular, each of these storytellers have participated in a workshop. Even further, they're going to work one-on-one with a coach, one of our wonderful experienced coaches, and really hone their storytelling skills, really focus in on the story they want to tell. So they can feel really confident on stage. They can feel like, this is the story I want to tell. This is the one that feels good to me, that I think the audience will resonate with. And they can feel absolutely wonderful when they do present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, yeah. the the stuff you should know right now. Okay. January 24th mm-hmm. at Turner Hall Ballroom. All right. Um, you can go to our website, xfabula.org. And then there's two buttons you can click on. One is if you're a member, you can purchase. Um, or non-member, it'll take you to the PAPS website mm-hmm. to purchase. Um, and you do kind of want to get those tickets in advance because it kind of sucks to wait in a long line yeah. mm-hmm. when you're at um, Turner Hall. Um, it, it is a larger crowd. Usually our regular monthly slams are like 100, a little over 100 plus people that attend. This one is up to 400 people. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of people. The energy is really high. Get there early so you want to grab a seat, sure. drinks, socialize with people. Um, and let's see. The theme is middle school. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. I posted like a prompt on Facebook the other day, like mm-hmm. one word described middle school. Mm-hmm. And it was like, 
100 comments like oh my god it yeah. was brutal it was did this. one comment resonate with you more than or like stand out i should say oh man i would say drama okay and i'm like yeah yeah because that's my story <laughs> what <laughs> like yeah is the, so if you you're you won't be telling a story on oh, stage no. it's spectacular no. but if you did what what oh are we going there right now <laughs> we're going there. Yeah. <laughs> that we, was that's called a segue that's well, a we, segue yeah. i've been I doing like, this for a little bit i Sam, yeah good transition uh, i was waiting for it yeah so yeah make sure before i tell the story yeah Make sure you get to our website and purchase those tickets in advance. Um, it just gives you more time to walk around and talk mm-hmm. to people and things like that. So you don't have to waste time standing in line. Yeah. Um, the tickets, they are $12. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and members, if you um, are a member of X Fabula, you can um, use uh, your member credit to purchase mm-hmm. a ticket. Yes. So I think that's the most important stuff for Spectacular. Doors open at 630. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. helpful. <laughs> but wait, what about this? Yeah, so drama? drama in middle school. Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> All right. I mean, I was trying to think of my... I'm like, I have a horrible memory to begin with, but I always remember the traumatizing stuff. Like, that's well, the stuff yeah, I'll that's, never forget, you know? Yeah. like That does stick with you. Yeah, it does. So I started off uh, middle school at Audubon. Okay. That's on the south side. And... Um, I don't know. I just feel like middle school was so weird. And there was this girl who was always picking at me. Like, like believe it or not, mm-hmm. I was always picked on as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. bullied all the time. And so um, I had um, a best friend, Christina. Her and her sister, they were twins. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was our little crew. Like, the twins and then me. <laughs> And so, like, we were, you know, we did everything together. You always found us all the time together. And there was this one girl. Um, I forgot her name. I think it might have. I, I, I'm almost like 99.9 that it was Maria, um, another young Latina like mm-hmm. me. But she hated me. She wanted nothing to do oh. with me. And I was always <laughs> trying to be her friend. <laughs> <laughs> so then... Um, me and my my best friends, we were like sitting in the corner in gym class, like never doing anything like per usual. And we had a basketball, it was like basketball day. And we were just sitting in our little corner, just rolling the ball back and forth to each other. And everyone's playing basketball, shooting hoops. And this girl was like purposefully throwing the basketball at my head. And like, okay, fine. The first couple of times I was like, whatever, just like, throw it out of the way, give her a dirty look, turn mm-hmm. back around. And then um, finally, after the fourth time, um, and she, she, you knew she was doing it on purpose because she was like giggling with her friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And something, the thing with me is like, I, if I'm pushed farther and far enough, mm-hmm. I will snap. I will absolutely become berserk as somebody. Even, <laughs> even as a young, yeah. even young Nicole. I, this was a skill learned very is, early yeah, this, practice. Yes, exactly. Like, this carries on into my adulthood. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very passive, but let it go on too long, and yeah. I will absolutely blow up. I will go ham on you. That's so, a warning. Let it be known. So, yes. <laughs> so, finally, the ball, she threw the ball again, and it hit my head. That was it. Like, I got up. And I snapped like an autumn twig. I there was like these big like barrel garbage cans in there. Like yeah. we were throwing fists. Like mm-hmm. I was, 
I don't know if I can swear on this, but I was beating her ass. You can. Yeah. <laughs> so then, if if that wasn't enough, I grabbed these like my little. I'm little. I'm short. But back then, I was even littler. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Mm-hmm. So I picked up these big, huge garbage bag barrels and I was throwing them at her. And like, I like, you could not get me to stop. Like every, like the whole class was trying to get me off of her. So whatever, I got a black eye through the whole thing. And I was like walking around like, yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, yeah, you did that, you did that, you know, like, you be her ass. And, you so know. did everyone not like this this same girl or like, was no, it, they were just. No, she was popular. Okay. She was popular. But after that, everyone's like, man, you got your yeah. ass beat, you know, that type of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she lost was, it all that day. She was salty <laughs> after that. <laughs> so then um, I ended up getting expelled. <laughs> oh, so um, I got suspended and then my mom was like, oh my God, like just besides herself. Mm-hmm. Like she had already had her issues with me not being like this perfect little daughter that she wanted. <laughs> and I was just always rough. And so I got expelled and then I got transferred to Bell Middle School. So if you don't know anything about Bell Middle School <laughs> back then, I don't know what it is now, but that's where all the naughty kids went to school. <laughs> They got shipped out. The ones that threw garbage cans at other people. (laughs) (laughs) So you got kicked out of your school where you were at, and then they took they sent you to Bell, which Mm -hmm. is across from Hamilton Middle School or High School. And let's just say that thing I got progressively like worse, like just bad, bad all the time, just doing very naughty things, doing a lot of things I should not be doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's my middle school story. But to this day, I'm like, yeah, I got expelled. I got expelled. Like yeah. thinking I'm all cool about that. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on your resume. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's I've, my... I have a much less dramatic story about um, gym class. So like, kind of similar. <laughs> it, it goes down in gym. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. From like the, did you have uniforms and everything? Did no, you we had to wear school? white t-shirts. Okay, that's what I remember. I can't remember. I think they gave us, t- or we had to buy t-shirts for like five bucks or something. Mm-hmm. That was like, yeah. Anyway, I did not go to middle school around here. I grew up in Seattle. It's Mill Creek Middle School. Land out, and anyone <laughs> listening knows it. But Mill Creek Middle School. Um, so in gym class, I think we were playing. Um, like like the the unit or like what we were doing at that time was like touch rugby i think or something like that so a lot of like running up and down like this field um and then of course like you get tired um well so i should say like when i was when i was in middle school like i played sports i like that like to the extent that i had like a identity i really like attached myself to it was being an athlete so like Mm -hmm. i was I was like involved in the game, but like not everyone is, of course, because it's like a lot of running. It's rainy, like Seattle winter, like yeah. Um, and so everyone starts like congregating around like this little area of the field, and it's and then so like of course I do too because I, you know, want to be a part of things, <laughs> and um, it's like the, it turns out like the, what people were congregating for was like there was this really fat worm that just like. <laughs> Uh, just like wiggly wiggly like ever so slowly just like oozing out of like the earth and then so eventually like enough people just like aren't even playing at all that the gym teacher comes over and he's like really like tall big like he's a football coach there and i swear to you this dude just like moves to the front picks with the worm and just eats it just like right in front of everyone just 
just straight, Ew. like the fattest worm you've ever seen, just like straight into him. What? <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> um, oh my. And it's funny that like some <laughs> gender stereotypes hold, held true that day because there were like a lot of the 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 boys were like, oh wow, that's so cool, oh, and God. then like but like pretty much, but like I should say like a lot. There was like ten percent of the crowd, and the rest of us were just like uh, trying to keep our distance or just like audibly, audibly like just disgusted. Um, Man. You thought eating yeah. boogers was gross. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think I'll ever forget that. Ew. The, the sight of this man just slurping legend. down. Like you become legendary. Yeah, that sort of thing. Ew. Wow. So no bullying, no expulsions, but th- <laughs> we did lose a worm that day. <laughs> we lost a worm. Wow. I don't know. Anything? Anything else go down in gym? So I was up. I was a cheerleader in seventh grade. Okay. Um, I went to a small Catholic school in Oshkosh, a school that they actually closed down after I graduated eighth grade. Hmm. So I guess we shut that down. For what? <laughs> yeah. like, what was the reason? Uh, the low enrollment. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, possibly because, well, of all the experiences we had there. Um, mm. So uh, I was a cheerleader and we had these wool... Uh, long sleeve sweaters Ew. that we would wear with little cheerleader skirts <clears throat> and i can remember um one of our one of our favorite pastimes and this maybe makes sense it was the it was like the early 90s we would um we would shake up cans of mountain dew and throw them at the wall in the cafeteria until they would uh, like spring a leak mm-hmm. and then we'd basically shotgun them oh my god and, nice. and we'd, uh, <clears throat> we'd cross the street across the street from our school was a hardy's and we were we had like, we would like go out of our way to try to get as many like discount coupons for fries and buy humongous amounts of curly fries. <laughs> and just this was our diet. It was shotgunning Mountain yeah. Dew and eating lots of curly fries. And then with all that sugar and fat mm-hmm. in your system, yeah, uh, you're you're all full of spirit for the game. <laughs> so we would be cheering for our boys basketball team, which I believe had an entirely losing season. And I remember the big scandal was um, we we came up with some cheer about, I think it was like, we're number one, can't be number two, we're going to beat the whoopee out of you. And we'd turn around and we'd flip up the back of our skirts for whoopee, <gasps> showing off our little butts, like in our cheerleader skirts. But, you know, this was a Catholic school and they yeah. had us in long sleeve sweater tops. And so we were, we, we received a talking yeah. to and we were, oh, yeah. we were forced to remove that from our repertoire. <laughs> later in the year how many when, times did you were you able to do the cheer oh, i'm sure once okay i'm okay. sure that they were like no nope, <laughs> they were on it immediately nope, no jesus would not approve <laughs> um, and later that year when we we wanted we were going to do a dance number mm-hmm. and uh i can't remember what song we wanted to do but instead they made us do like rock around the clock or something totally nice. totally chaste and old school and uh that was my career as a cheerleader <laughs> in seventh grade. Yeah. Which some people find really funny to hear that I was a cheerleader. I guess it doesn't totally I jive with I my find it funny. critical. Yeah. Well, you know what though? It was a class of sixteen. Mm-hmm. Sixteen people in my eighth grade class. There wasn't a lot to go on. I don't think we would have been friends with each other if there were other people there. Yeah. So if somebody was doing stuff, pretty much everybody was doing it. So yeah. Well, that even was like, where it was at. My middle school was, I don't even know, but like hundreds of kids, right? Yeah. Um, and they, there's still like not that much to do other than sports and like cheerleading and stuff like that. Like yeah. there was not a lot of like after school activities that you could do other than 
anything athletic. Like yeah. there just wasn't options. No, I think like cheerleading was something I did because it was there. Yeah. Um, I think I also did try out for like other things, but I was, I remember attempting, there was a free throw contest and I made zero out of 25. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that's a goal yeah. you know, <laughs> right there. Yeah. Perfect. I actually. played soccer outside of school, but you know, there, there wasn't a lot. I did get involved in theater at that point and pretty soon, okay. you know, People find that thing that becomes their identity. Mm-hmm. And I was, yes, that girl who did theater. Yeah. Oh, so nice to find a crowd of weirdos to hang out with. <laughs> because the other thing was, in the early 90s, this was before nerd culture was a thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really great that now there's this, like, embrace of nerd culture. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, people can have that identity. Because mm-hmm. I was... I was of that identity, but I didn't have a crew to run with. Yeah. <laughs> Man. That's funny you mentioned that, because yeah. I do remember, like... My my parents were very strict about like you will like grades are the most important thing like yeah. you cut everything else of your life like get good grades, um and so like that was part of my identity was like yeah. I get good grades but I also like being a nerd was not like that was yeah like I I get good grades but I ain't a nerd you had to like, try to be cool yeah and I did um bangs were really in then mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I can show you pictures of me with giant. Bangs. Now, mine were not the best. The best in my class were Mae Valor. Hers were nine, <laughs> nine inches. Nine wow. inches. How the heck do you have nine-inch bangs? Yeah, what do you mean? I don't Hairspray. Oh, my God. Hairspray. Like, was she doing the whole rainbow thing? Like, like, they were. They, like... they would go, like, straight up and then kind of fall Whoa. over the side. Wow. Like, this was this was an important wow. thing. Like and an other... anime character. Yeah. yeah <laughs> See, for me, though, it was the Selena curls on the side. Like, yep. every mm-hmm. girl, like... Had had the ponytail, and then the like you took all the gel, and then you like got your edges like all baby hairs, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then you did the Selena. Yes, <laughs> it was headbands. We had headbands. You had to have the best headbands. They had to be the right colors. They had to be the nice headbands with the squeegee part that made them not slip off your oh, head. Yeah. And if you could wear the most headbands with the most colors to match your outfit, you won. Like the most at one time. Yeah, like, like how many? so oh, we'd wow. wear like six okay. headbands at a time. Yeah. Like, those All right. headbands like it's just like a giant elastic band but yep. it's a headband and so we'd wear like eight of them at oh a time God. i had a bangs and i'd have four or five of them just strapped oh around i have pictures in my aeropostal hoodies and it was <clears throat> we don't speak like, of those dark times so all the the fashion and whatnot like yeah. we had hyper color we had uh tight rolling your jeans mm-hmm. we had we stuffed oh, our pants into our like high, our high socks. <laughs> that was the thing. Like it was a regular thing. I don't know why we did that. Oh, but I was a nerd in middle school. I was a very big nerd in middle school. I remember being in sixth grade, and I had this teacher named Missy. It was her first year teaching, and she ended up being our science teacher. Out of all things. And uh, she was teaching in this middle school that was technically in the hood. And so she's like this 24-year-old white woman with blonde hair down to her butt. And she's like five foot even. And so we're all looking at her like, you're our peer. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> and we're all 12. Like, no, <laughs> you're clearly not. Mm-hmm. But. Wait, is this your middle school story? Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I'm 12 years old, being my very 12-year-old self, and I am very into good grades. I have never received anything below an A at this point, and I intend my mom to keep would love that you. going. <laughs> I've never gotten a detention. I've never wow. gotten a de- nothing. I was very critical, very, like, intent about having perfect grades, mm-hmm. about having perfect attendance, all that good stuff. That was my thing. I was a huge nerd and I was very proud of it. I was mm-hmm. had no problem with that. I had the <laughs> highest accelerated reader score, all the good stuff. And so we're having our regular old middle school science class and halfway through the school year, she says that she's out of content. And we're like, what? Yeah, so I don't have anything else to teach y'all, wow. so I can only grade you on your accelerator reader scores. What? And we're like, what? And so half like, of- give me work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> More than half the class is like, I don't even do that. And that's my whole grade. Science? science. She ran out of science. Yeah. She ran out of science, so she had to grade us on reading, which was on an online system that was point-based based on the color mm. sticker that was on the book. So you had to read the book, take a test, and then that gave you points. And that was the only thing she could grade us on for the second half of the semester. And that was the bulk of your grade. Wow. There was a glitch in that system two weeks before grading. (laughs) And six weeks worth of like reading test had been deleted from the system. Mm. So then she decided, well, I'll just grade you on where you were up to then because you should have been doing it anyway. So all those kids that crammed all those books in, got all those tested, immediately failed. And that brought my grade all the way down to a D. (gasps) Nicole is not the only person that goes ham. (laughs) (laughs) That teacher got an earful from 12-year-old Aaliyah. She got it all. How dare you give me a D? I am an A student. Look at this blemish on my report card. You will be hearing it from my mother. We'll be writing letters. I'm going to the school. But I was so upset. We didn't do any of that. But I was really in my chest. Like I'm just like, somebody give me a ladder so I can climb out. Because deep in my chest Mm -hmm. right now. Fast forward like 10 years. I am a teaching artist in middle school. Wait, did you get a D? I got a D. Mm. Done. Stuck. Ugh. There. She gave me a D. Still there to the day. Still there. Go back wow. to the um, yeah. That was actually record. on Aaliyah's resume. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my math. Well, it was like a bounce back. I hit rock bottom. <laughs> also, I got a D in sixth grade, just so you know. Um, and so I ended up being a TA in middle school. It's like 10 years later. And. <clears throat> I'm working and doing my thing, and I'm like, this lady looks so familiar. Oh, man. And the teacher whose class I'm in teaching wonderful poetry workshops to her middle school students, she pulls me to the side. And she goes, I know, I know you. I'm like, I know, I know you too. And she's like, did you go to Mac Middle School maybe, you know, around 2008, 2009? I said, yeah. I said, are you Missy? She said, yeah. I said, oh. <laughs> she said, you know what? I am so sorry. Wow. You don't have to say anything. I was a shit teacher my first year. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And look, you made it. It's fine. You're a teaching <laughs> artist in middle schools. It's perfectly fine. You did great. Yeah. 
my job didn't even like affect you but I'm sorry I was a terrible teacher and so I got like reconciliation so to speak from that D Mm -hmm. But I was very upset with her, and I'm still just a little bit in my chest now. But I'm glad I'm Obviously. glad I got that uh, that apology. But yeah, no, you still remember it. Yeah, <laughs> you can certainly learn a lot from like the worst teachers. There are definitely experiences where yeah. I'm like, note to self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, don't be like that. My science teacher let us watch Maury. <laughs> Maury Povich in the classroom. Like, like that, I you... that. Like that was the lesson for the day. Yeah, or... like oh. that's awesome. Because okay. she couldn't miss her Maury show. Wow. That's so, wild. like, and I thought, we would watch Maury. I thought it was lax, like, in the Catholic school. I remember um, we had one project where I made a, a cell. Like, we had to make a model of a cell. And I made it out of jello, and it, like, melted. It was a big <laughs> mess. Like, I don't know if that kind of thing actually taught me science, because I still can't name the I don't know it. anything <laughs> science. Nothing I love science. science. I used to want to be a scientist when I was like seven. Yeah. It was a whole thing. Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the so one of the like calling cards of the podcast that we do have to get to is mm-hmm. that um, not that there's a bunch of information about X Fabula on on this podcast, but um, that there's like concrete. This is what you do to take action and get involved with either with X Fabula or you know be a nicer to middle schoolers. Like something <laughs> something relating to what we talked to. Like how can people get involved with with doing that? I'll open it up. So, like, action steps to either get involved with X Fabula or having to do with anything we talked about today. Yeah, if you want to hear more really cool middle school stories, make sure you come out to The Spectacular on January 24th. Doors open at 6.30 at the Turner Hall Ballroom. Parking is limited, so you want to get there early. Mm-hmm. Purchase your tickets online at xfabula.com, and it'll send you to our members link or our non-members link so that you can purchase your tickets at the past. You want to make sure that you come early, bright and early, bushy tails, so that you can get your drinks, mix and mingle, <laughs> hear some awesome middle school stories. And stay tuned because we have a general public workshop coming up on February 8th. It's going to be at Hawthorne Coffee. So if you want to hone your storytelling skills, you can come work with the coach along with other community members and really focus on what you want your story to be. So the next time we have our monthly story slam, you'll feel super confident with putting your name in the hat. And you'll be even more um, into the program because you'll be listening for other storytelling points, more story ideas, and you'd be rocking out that theme the whole time with us. Yeah. Uh, and then just to take a different a different tack on how you can get involved. I mean, ultimately, Ex Fabula is a movement about telling stories and also listening. Mm-hmm. So every day, I feel like each of us has the opportunity to listen to someone So carve out a little bit of time, try to ask someone else some questions and get some stories from them. Even, uh, even, even just now, just hearing these middle school stories. Now I'm like, I should go ask John for stories about middle school. Like ask my partner, ask my parents, um, people in my world. And, you know, maybe I'll tell them some of my horror stories as well, just to like get the conversation going. It's something that's great to do at these public events, but it's also just a great practice. Put down your phone and actually listen to someone. So mm-hmm. challenge everyone. Give yes. someone the gift of being heard. Mm-hmm. Um, Follow us. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're Led on with Facebook. LinkedIn. Wow. Yes. Kanita's been, been getting LinkedIn. to you. <laughs> no, she didn't get to me. I went she on there myself. Very... What okay. you talking about? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've been on there more, um, posting on uh, LinkedIn a little bit more. 
then I get sucked into LinkedIn. It's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> and then like also we do host a program. So like businesses or organizations will bring us in. Mm-hmm. We've worked with their creative departments. Um, what else, Megan? We- Programming teams. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've worked with sales. We've worked with teachers. <clears throat> we worked yeah. with like product managers. Diversi- diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Like we just kind of lead these workshops that um, bring out some truths, I mm-hmm. guess, and stories to help these different orgs and businesses uh, meet some different goals. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like training for staff or if it's a creative department, help with their branding, things like that. So we do more than just story slams and and storytelling workshops. We actually do, you know, um, get hired to lead different um, trainings and, and whatnot with okay. organizations in Milwaukee. Thank you. If that's anything else. You're awesome. Oh, <laughs> make sure to have that. Keep that one in. Thank you to Nicola Costa, Aaliyah McHatton, and Megan McGee for sitting down with us. And thank you all for listening and continuing to support Bridge the City. Don't forget to get your tickets to X-Fabulous Spectacular this Friday and let us know how you are helping Bridge the City. Bridge the City.